Paul and Angie Lingzo, founders of the Lingzo Fitness Academy, bring you the missing piece. Mission, mindset, and mechanics for your complete transformation. As creators of the Anti-Diet Mindset Reprogram, Paul and Angie have all the missing pieces you need to make the leap to your best life. Welcome to The Missing Piece. What up, everybody? Welcome back to The Missing Piece. What's going on, Angie? Not much, Paul. How are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good. How about are you? you? Are you? Yeah. You look tired. You're talking like you're tired. Well, that's okay. Sometimes you get tired. <laughs> and this is one of my days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I'm not on full speed energy. Cool. Why not? Well, I was earlier, but I gave a lot of my mental bandwidth today. You did? Yeah. You did? So, and people appreciate that about you. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta bring it. And then yeah. sometimes I'm just ready to uh, curl up with a blanket at night and call it a day. That's it. Are we going to see what happened with Kendall tonight? Yeah, or I did hear... So that's a no. That's yes. a no. <laughs> she was like, yeah, or not. Um, cool. All right. Or you heard what? No, there's a new Hallmark Christmas movie? Oh, no. I've been watching them on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next Netflix holiday movies. Yeah. Cool. So that's what we'll be doing tonight, guys. Um, oh, we can watch Succession. <laughs> I told you it just moved really fast. I got to be on my best game. Yeah, you vetoed it pretty hard just now. That's right. Um, either way... Welcome back to the missing piece, everybody. Today, uh, we're we're gonna go back in time. We're gonna do a little story time, which you know I can't believe how far how long ago twenty twenty was. You know, we're coming up on two years in the pandemic, and it was such a defining moment for me because it was it was internally um, I just had the opposite experience of most people I saw in the world, and when when everything happened, we. You know, we had some some very negative consequences to our livelihood and to our business, but at the same time, it was really the first time in my entire life that I'd really felt true abundance, you know, despite seemingly the entire world crumbling down around me. And I want to dive into that because there's a couple of really important lessons that I think are worth talking about because, you know, for being real, there's some people who have been left behind in this pandemic Right where they just have have been unable to adapt and have been able been unable to find their footing, and there's some people who have found a whole new life and a whole new purpose, and and that's pretty amazing too. So I think if we look at you know some of the lessons we learned, we can help some people end up more in the uh, hmm, more in the latter and less of the former. I think I used that right. So guys, we are coming up on the holidays here, and a lot of people are winding down for the New Year's, which is you know okay. But a lot of us are perusing, we're looking at, man, what are we going to do for fitness next year? And I, I want to invite you all to a five-day challenge that I'm hosting. It, it is going to be, um, to, it'd be after Christmas and leading up into New Year's Eve. And what we're going to do is we're going to take all the concepts that we teach in our anti-diet course, which is a course that all my clients get and go through. And I talk, I, I talk them through or, or I work through with them. Um, we'll talk about all the concepts we talk about in Metaphysique. And you'll just get to see how I'm applying them, how I coach them. You'll get to you get a feel for our vibe over the course of, um, well, it's going to be four or five days. I'm trying to figure that out right now. But either way, the point is you get to dip your toe in the water. And, and if, if the podcast resonates with you and if the, the message we put out on social media resonates with you, 
I would strongly encourage you to go check it out because you can see what it's all about and you can probably, probably what it's going to be for a lot of people is confirming that like, yes, this is where I want to be. And for some people it's going to be like, oh man, that's not what I thought it was and I'm out and that's cool too. But Hey, you got to try it without, without paying anything because it's a free challenge. So I would, if you want to keep up with that, I would strongly encourage you to um, jump into a free Facebook group, follow me on Facebook, follow Angie. I'm sure she'll be announcing it too, even though it's kind of, I'm spearheading it. And um, you can find all that information on missingpeacepodcast.com. All right. So head over to missingpeacepodcast.com. Join our Facebook group from there. Leave us a review. Do all the all the things. And then um, I'm really excited to, to launch this thing. Cool? Cool. All right. So um, anyway, yeah. So I, I posted, you know, I did a, a smaller like snippet of the story on Facebook today um, about the the... 2020. Cause what, what happened was I was actually digging through my closet last night and I found the, the spiral bound. Um, it was, it was a 2020 strategy for the gym. Right. And I had spent three days really, really working on it, obviously implementing all the things that we've been learning about from consultants and, and marketing agencies and, and pulling it all into one, um, everything we were learning about training and the team that we were building out and org charts and job descriptions and communication protocols. And, and it was this, this binder, right? This spiral bound, um, binder. And I made it really nice because I was just so fired up. You know, I really felt in momentum for the first time in my life or I should say with the gym, I really felt in momentum. I felt like things were going amazing. Um, I felt like we had a lot of really good things going and we had a really solid foundation to have the biggest year yet. And it was going to be our 10th year in business, by the way, right? It was going to be our 10th year. So I was just, oh man, I was ready to go. And so I, I put all this time in the strategy and it only lasted 10 weeks. <laughs> you know, the annual strategy didn't even make it out of the first quarter because, because the world blew up, you know, the world blew up. Um, you know, I remember, you know, so there's different times in the pandemic, you know, different parts of the country were doing different things for shutdowns and this and that and the other thing. And I remember like Illinois, just, there's no leadership, right? So things had kind of hit on the East coast a little bit earlier and people had been shutting down over there. And I remember like texting a bunch of people on Sunday and I think it was March 16th. I could be wrong, but it was like the middle of March, right? The Ides of March. And I remember texting other gym owners like, are you guys closing? Because it just felt like such a precarious position because we didn't know anything about the virus. Um, Really, I mean, it was so brand new. And I felt like it could be, you know, perceived as wild and reckless if we just, um, if we just closed up shop. Or it could, or because this is, this is who I was at the time. So obviously I'm talking about perceptions right here. I was, I was scared of being perceived as wild and reckless. I was scared of being perceived as what the hell, man, we pay membership here, open the doors. If people want to come, they won't come. Right. And, um, and then, dude, that's a tough position for a lot of business owners were in that position and nobody knew, no, no other gym owners knew like, oh, I don't know. And, um, and I went it was a week before the official shutdown because my birthday was the official shutdown. You're right. It was I'll a, never forget that birthday yeah, dinner. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so it was so it was a week before. But so anyway, so it was a Monday that I came in. The guys came in. The staff came in, and there was very few people training in the morning when there was normally, you know, maybe normally we see forty people by seven a.m. and there's just like three, you know, and. um and I just said, guys, we're going to shut it down. 
you know, I just, I got a bad feeling about this. And so, you know, we kind of divided up the list. You go, go text all these people, go text all these people. I'll make the announcement on Facebook, this, that, the other thing. Um, and then let's sit together and let's have a game plan for how we're going to serve people through this. Right. And so we did that for a week and then things officially shut down for two weeks. Right. Uh, for two weeks, air quotes. Right. And then things shut down for a month and then another month. And all of a sudden it's like April (laughs) and there's no wind in sight, May, no wind in sight. And no PPP came through. Um, our bank was just really shitty about it. <laughs> like, which, uh, you know what? That's not even fair to them because it was just, there's never been anything done like that with the, with the payroll protection act. So I, it's just no PPP and, um, you know, money's dwindling. Uh, clients are canceling. I mean, some, some people had prepaid memberships like they had prepaid for a year. And then we're like, like made sure to email me to cancel them. I'm like, fuck, do I owe them money? Like, do I owe a refund on that? Oh my God. So I'm just freaking out left and right, you know? And, and a lot of people were, a lot of people were offering their support as well. You know, a lot of people say, Hey, you do so much to take care of us and take care of the community. Let the community, let us support your business through this, which, which by the way is a beautiful and lovely sentiment. It is if that business was all I could ever do. Right. And that's what I'm going to touch on today. And so, so that was nice. And I'm sitting there. And so I do that for a couple of weeks and then I'm just like, Oh man, I can't because if I, because the message that, that sends your unconscious, if you sit there and go, Oh, I'll let everybody support me through this. Right. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take, I don't want to shame anybody for taking handouts, but like, oh, I'll take handouts because, you know, that's fine. There's people helping people. That's not wrong. But the message it sends to your unconscious is that this business is all you can do. And if it fails, you're nothing and you, and there's nothing else you can do. So it's like, you have to sit back and wait this thing out and make sure that this, this little gym survives at all costs. Right. I was like, man, fuck that. You know, um, you're either growing or you're dying. Right. And so to, to be faced with the precipice of sitting still for an indefinite amount of time and waiting things out, I knew would be a huge step back for me personally. And I may never recover from it. Thankfully I got a badass wife who, um, felt the same way. And so we decided to push forward. And in June of that year, we had um, about 40, yeah, 35, 40% of, of our, by, by May, we had 40%, 35 to 40% of the revenue that we had just six weeks or eight weeks before. But th- there's some people said, hey, you know, don't keep charging us and, and we'll go to your Zoom workouts, which were fucking lame. But I appreciate that. Well, lame to you. Right. I know. I know. I did them because I I know I did them for a reason. I did them to serve people and I believe they did do that. But anyway. I honestly actually think they do because think about being by yourself at home. You virtually got to come together with people. Yeah. 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 We were doing the best we could. We're doing the best we could. So anyway, so that's where we're at in May. And I just said, hey, we're just going to go all in on the online business. We're just going to make it happen. 
and we sent out an email in, in June and said, Hey, like membership's over. Zoom workouts are over. You're, you're not, you're never going to be charged another dime. Um, however, if you care to, we're, we're going to, we're going to launch a proper online coaching business and we'd love to have you join us. And we went all in, man. We went all in and, um, I still had the commercial lease hanging over my head. I, I was not even a year into a five-year lease. And I was like, I'll just figure it out, right? I'll just figure it out. And so, um, and that's what we did. And, and we took off. We got we got some customers going on the online coaching business. And we continued to move forward, right? By October, we bought out of the lease. We struck up a deal with the landlord, cut him a check, got out of there. Um, November, we bought a house in Texas or at least signed a contract on a new construction house, put a little bit of money down. And in March, we moved to Texas and never looked back. And it's been a wild, rapid growth since that period. It's been the craziest year and a half ever. More growth in the last year and a half than probably we're a little stagnant for the last like <laughs> while before that, right? And what it... um what it comes down to is two things. So first of all, there's a sunk cost fallacy. And I think it's really, well, yeah, it's really easy to fall prey to sunk cost fallacy, which is I've already got time in this. Like I've got 10 years in this. I had taken out a business. I had taken out two business loans. I'd taken out a business loan to start the gym and I'd taken out another one to expand the gym. I'd taken them out and paid them off. I had a paid for business. That was a cash cow. Well, why not just keep going with that, right? So you got time and you got energy. Uh, I, w- I had been working into making it a sellable asset, right? Because that was our retirement fund. That's what we're going to do is at some point have it dialed into where the it was fully staffed and a turnkey operation that we could then sell and retire and move on to something else, you know, at whatever point that would have been. And if we decided to walk away, we didn't have any of that. You know, we just said goodbye to all that. Now, guys, I can sit here safely on the other side of this and tell you, I'm really glad we did. But that was a lot to walk away from at the time. It was like, man, a lot of unknowns, I should say. And I see people all the time getting stuck, getting stuck in the sunk fallacy. Like I got time in, I got money in. You know what I mean? So I should see it through. But the second, here's, here's the lesson learned. The second you realize something is no longer serving you, run away fast. You know, run away fast if it's not serving you. If it's no longer in alignment with the vision that you have for your life, you've got to move on. you got to move on fast. You know, that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is about abundance. Because when we started 2021, we had a good amount of cash. We had a good amount of clients. We had a good amount of revenue stream. Things were going well. But at the same time, I was always mortified that I was going to lose it all. Something was going to go wrong. I was, Dude, it's terrible mindset. It's terrible. But Where do you think you learned that from? I just think it's conditioning from everything we've been taught. Money doesn't go on, grow on trees. Don't let people sucker you out of money because you can't get it back. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like, hang on tight. Don't be, I, my parents always tell me money burns a hole in your pocket. <laughs> That's what they would tell me. Cause I spend money. I do. I spent, I do like, I spend a lot of money. It's cause I enjoy life, man. This is actually really interesting. I was reading a book about human nature, quick aside, but it basically saying like these characters, these, your character, like you can't really change it. Like you can temper it, but like you are who you are to a certain extent, right? Meaning I'm always going to be somebody who likes to spend. I'm always going to be, have a bent towards enjoying life towards living for today because we're not promised tomorrow. Like I have that in my brain. I have that in my character. So even though I wasn't raised that way, that's just an innate quality. And so there's two things about that. First of all, is that I was always told that was stupid and wrong. And so I picked up the conditioning. I didn't want to look stupid with money. I picked up that conditioning. And so by not looking stupid with money, I ended up being very quote unquote smart with it and not making very much. But secondly, it's like, you can just, you can learn to, you can learn to bend that to your will. And in the business world, they, they call that, um, not non-risk averse, right? <laughs> like what does it call it? Like, I don't care if I lose money. I, like I, I'm, I'm not scared by risk. And so I can use it to my benefit and then I can learn when to rein it in. I can learn the signs of when it's going to be destructive and things like that. Anyway. That conditioning, that fear of feeling stupid about how I spent my money and how I ran my business and all that stuff kept me very, very small. So even though I had a good amount at the beginning of 2021, uh, I didn't really truly have abundance because I woke up in terror each day that I was going to do something stupid with it because I knew myself. I knew myself and I knew I always wanted more. I knew I always wanted to live a bigger life. I knew, I knew I'm too risky. I knew, quote unquote, too risky. I know what people, you know, elders in my life have told me about how I am with money. And so I just was scared of looking stupid. Now, once those business reserves, AKA our savings account started draining to pay for a staff that wasn't servicing clients, but we were doing that because we felt like it was the right thing. All of a sudden, there's just a shift. I'm like, man, fuck it. You know, I've been so, I've taken so many bigger risks in my life. And everything good that's ever happened in my life has actually been because I've taken a risk, because I've done something that didn't make sense, but was, it didn't make sense in, in like the normal, you know, context, but it, it made sense in terms of it was in alignment with my vision. And so we were sitting here going like, Oh, I mean this, that, the other thing, people are feeling bad for me. Right? Are you okay? Are you going to go bankrupt all this shit? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm actually good, man. Like, I'm just actually going to go do something else. Oh man, that must've been so hard. This and that is hard. It's hard to say to goodbye to 10 years of relationships you know, in, in, in hard work, but like, it was also exciting. I was actually fired up for the next chapter. And so the shift where the abundance wasn't necessarily the assets themselves, because all the assets represented supposedly was safety. You have enough money to pay the bills. That's what, that's what cash represents. But abundance is a mindset and it's a set of your heart where you're like, I never fear that there's enough. 
Like there is so much in the world that I am unafraid of the world ever running out of resources. You know, <laughs> and when you, when you approach things differently, it doesn't matter if you've got nothing in your bank account, you're going to have something in your bank account really, really soon because of how you see the world. And if you have a bunch in your bank account and you're terrified of running out in, in the biggest fear you have is your bank account getting to zero. You're going to realize that fear and either, either your bank account, you're going to, you're going to lose your bank. You're going to lose your business because you're not taking enough risk or you're going to lose relationships and friends because you're living so small and everybody else is going to grow and pass you by. So that was a lesson about abundance. Really, really, truly. I used to think, man, I'll feel that way when I have enough, you know, like once I, once I have my millions and I, and I don't have to work ever again, boom, that's when the abundance hits. That's, that's when, that's when the weight gets lifted off your chest. You've made it. But that's so silly, man. Like there is no, there is no moment where it's all over and you just stop working or you just stop moving. That's ridiculous. I, um, it's the other way around. You feel abundant first. You realize how rich in opportunity and resources this life and this earth are. And when that's your filter, guess what? You start seeing a bunch of resources and opportunities. You start seeing it. And, and that really empowered us to make that move in June. Um, and we had some great success from June to October when I was able to save up enough money to then spend it on buying out of the lease, you know, to get out of the commercial lease, but whatever. And I'm so glad we made that shift because it's defined the last year of our life. Lack of fear. And every decision we've made, whether it's moving across state, starting a new business, investing in, in crypto, right? Like the whole deal. Any decision we've made where everybody, well, not everybody, but there's risk involved and it could be perceived as stupid. I lean into that shit. And wouldn't you know, it pays off time and time again. A lot. Yeah. I was like, hey, Paul, let's invest in a Amazon store. Boom. <laughs> we're like, if you're coming to me with it. You yeah. want to do it? Let's do it. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and you know the point is, you can't wait to have the resources to feel abundant. You have to be abundant, and then the resources will—you'll start to realize how rapidly available they are to you. And sometimes I feel like people can look at risk as failure, and mm. we take big risk, and we might have big failure. But to me, that failure—it's just more reason to be like. Okay, well, we weren't scared to do this, so that means we can keep on growing. It makes you more bold. Next. Yeah. Like, yeah, it emboldens you. Absolutely. I did this and I didn't die. Mm-hmm. When we had to decide what to do with the gym, like, it, it, I don't know, it just felt so at peace and in alignment. Like, mm. we knew the, we knew we were, we had a skill set that was transferable and we knew right. we could do something. We didn't know what it looked like. Like, mm. yes, I had been working on an online business for a few years, but it was, my thing, right? It was yeah. our, my side hustle, whatever. And yeah. we were, we didn't know what it would look like in the big picture and grand scheme of things. But where I saw abundance was for the first time, there was no guilt not showing up at five in the morning, worrying about what everybody else thought, but <laughs> right. rather seeing, like you said, everything that will support us in getting to wake up to our two at the time, what, one-year-old babies? Mm. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Like not yeah. rushing out the door before they were awake. Well, I think you just hit on the third 
lesson that I learned from it, which you said skill set. I would just say flexibility and adaptability. You know, flexibility and adaptability. We we had invested because I was always like bad with money, quote unquote, and like, let's join this mastermind. <laughs> let's do this coaching program. <laughs> let's go to this course. I was always doing that. And, you know, it's not always like you go to a course and you come back rich, right? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you're able to implement something to make money right away. But what does happen is you acquire a series of skill sets over time to where there's nothing really that can rattle you because you know how to hunt. So if you run out of food in the refrigerator, you can just go out and acquire business, whether it's fitness or not, because we invest in those skills. And you can get surrounded by people that are yeah. doing it and yeah. give you even more belief. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, I mean, that's a big thing that too. That's possible. And that in itself is worth yeah. every bit of money investment. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, man, there's the fourth lesson, your network, right? So it's like we we had acquired the skill set to where we're, we were unafraid to move on with our lives. We were unafraid to let something go in order to, you know, because we were confident that we could find something bigger. But then as a, you know, as a subset to acquiring those skills or as a sub point or a lateral point to acquiring those skills is you end up meeting a bunch of people on a similar journey and you feed off of them and you understand you see people doing things and you're like, I didn't even know that was possible, but if they can do it, I can do it and vice versa. And they feed off of you and you have a resource there in your network, not just, not just to watch other people and be inspired and motivated and see what's possible, but people to, to bounce ideas off of people to ask best practice. What do you, which structure are you moving right now? And how's that working for you? And you get none of these things if you play small. If your end game is to keep as many coins in your pocket as possible, well, you can win that game pretty easily. And you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to live on a fixed income and I'm going to be smart with my money and I'm going to die with some coins in my pocket and nobody can call me a sucker. Because that's true. Because you were smart. You lived within your means. You died with a 401k. Congratulations. Nobody can call you a sucker. Right? You were smart with your money. Nobody can make fun of you. Nobody can ever say you failed. But nobody could ever say you won either. And you can never truly believe that you lived. Because the human spirit isn't... By design, it's not meant to live small. And so... When you contract the size of your life out of fear or scarcity, you're, cr- you're literally crushing your soul. You know, you're literally crushing that human spirit that was instilled in you. And when you really let go of that fear of failure, you're, you're expanding, wildly expanding into the universe. And really, really living something that is so special. It's the only way to truly be alive. 